when Candace and I were training together, our constant battle was that I would show up on time and she never would. We're back, folks. I'm on time for the podcast and she isn't. But to be fair, I fucked up our scheduling. So I'm going to give her all the grace right now. I'm predicting 10 minutes. We'll see. I'll circle back. It was my fault. I fucked up the meeting settings. And so now we're 10 minutes behind. But it's because of me. So I've made all the mistakes about this. Oh, I'm just glad it was a friend and not some random recommendation by someone that I just fucked up. Here we go, folks. Off to a really solid start. Oh, hi. You're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, personal trainer, fitness model, and soon-to-be real estate agent, Candace Colton. Originally from Carmel, California, north of L.A., for all you non-Cali folks, Candace came down to L.A. and became a certified personal trainer who also meddled in several bikini fitness competitions in the MPC division. She opened a fitness company and made people hotter with her workouts. She also made a lot of us throw up. Candace then moved back to be near family literally moments before the pandemic and is now studying to be the hottest real estate agent in the entire state. She, folks, did not write a drop of this bio. I wrote all of it. She's currently squirming and feeling weird. And I did not read this to her ahead of time at how, about how I described her and her journey, but it's all true. That said, she is the most fun at the club. She's down always. And good luck keeping up because going to a club with her is kind of a nightmare. If you are a tired person, don't be a tired person with her. I better know Candace from her <laughs> kicking my ass early in the mornings and making me do more burpees than anyone should ever have to do at 7am. It was sacrilege, especially considering how much I despise waking up before 1pm. She's a real bitch for that. That said, Candace, tell us, why did you choose personal training? What makes you want to get into real estate? Do you miss LA? Tell us all the things. Gosh, do I miss LA? Well, I guess I'm going to work it backwards. Do I miss LA? Sure, I do. There's there's things about it I miss for sure. I miss the sunshine, number one, because we have a lot of gloomy weather up here. But I miss, yeah, I miss the weather. I, I miss the diversity, 100%. I, I live in like old rich man, white country now. And I miss the variety of food and really great food. That's about it, really. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, I I, I do miss, I do miss like live music and DJs and stuff like that. Cause you know, it's, there's really not a lot going on here. It's funny to me because this is the second time that like when someone's left LA, Christopher Plackett, who you know, he and I were discussing the food Mm -hmm. of LA LA is not necessarily oh. known externally as like a food city. We, we usually think of like New York or Chicago oh or Miami. The food in LA, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's we, incredible. And it's anything you want, whenever you want. And it's good. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. There's, you know, a lot of shitty, you know, trendy places that open up and they don't, you know, they're just there for the ambiance and whatever the, you know, $25 cocktail. But <laughs> uh, there's just <laughs> excellent food there. I mean, I've just all sorts of origins, you know, the best Mexican food, you know, if you want Ethiopian food, you want sushi, you want Thai, you want, you know, Armenian, you want Indian, I mean, everything. And it's not just like one, one spot, you've got 
at least, you know, 10 to choose from uh, within a 20 mile or 10 mile radius of yourself. So yeah, I, I definitely miss that up here. It's it's not that. <laughs> it's just not that. <laughs> it's, def- it's definitely not that. It's definitely not. What makes you want to get into well, real estate? You know, I just, I, I was looking to transition from my sales career into something that you know, one would be lucrative, something that I could really find financial independence for myself was really important, but also to be able to stay within a sales role that I could do with integrity, Mm. Uh, you know, and most sales positions, uh, you are going to be compromised in that area. Absolutely. Uh, There's just, there's too much demand. You're working on quotas. You've got you know, bosses to answer to and, you know, numbers to pull, no matter what, it's on a 30 day, 90 day, you know, turnover. And it, they just don't care. It's just, you've got to get your numbers done no matter what, you know, it was just uh, so disheartening for me with my last position and just really was taking me to the brink of just, I was just so unhappy with doing what I was doing. So real estate, something that I've thought about in the back of my mind for, you know, on and off for years and moving up here, uh, you know, I just started really looking around. It, it, there's there's a few industries that are really big here, and there, there's construction, hospitality, and real estate. Really, that's uh, it's it's huge up here. So I, I I love the autonomy that real estate gives you. You know, you're, you're your own boss, and you can be as successful or you really reap what you sow with this industry. But it's not for the you know, it's not for the faint of heart. You've got to really you've got to have a thick skin and a very long vision for it. More so, so than LA? Um, think- I think that I, I, I'm just talking about real estate in general, the industry. Now, if I were to compare the real estate industry to Los Angeles, to Monterey, I'm, I'm so much more looking forward to starting out here as opposed to LA, where obviously LA is a much bigger market. There's a lot more opportunity. There's a lot more you know, inventory to work with and a lot more people to work with. But man, I am so glad that I am not doing some relationship building business in LA. Because it is just, God, those people are just so, they're just not true to who, you know, what they represent. Um, You can't count on people the way you'd like to. It's just very, you know, easy come, easy go. And people, I think in, in all sales positions or, you know, sales industries, you know, it's very competitive. People are very driven by money. So there is going to be a lot of cutthroat angles to it. But you you add that to working in LA, it's just, Oh, I'm just so glad not to do it there. I'm I'm much happier working here in a small community where, you know, reputation really, I think, means a lot more. People are genuinely really willing to help um, if they like you, you know, whereas in L.A., people are willing to help if it benefits them. That's a fact. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to read that city because God bless. But yeah, that's that's yeah, just true. I know it's I do not miss. I, I tell you, I was talking to my sister. I go, you know, girl, you know what I do not fucking miss about L.A.? Man, I do not miss feeling like I couldn't leave, the, you know, leaving the house in sweats and, you know, not done up or, you know, maybe not shower that day or just not really feeling yourself. You know, it just in L.A., you just felt so picked apart and just judged and looked upon, even if it was just in your own mind you know, that what you were projecting, trust me, people are looking, people want 
they are checking you out. What is she wearing? Oh my God, look at her dusty ass tennis shoes. How old are those? <laughs> you know, it's just here and it's just so different. I mean, no, I mean, really, people are not looking. They don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. Now, I miss the beauty. I miss the beautiful people. Um, <laughs> I really do miss I miss the eye candy because there's really not a lot here, that's for sure. But the the trade-off for just your personal well-being and peace of mind is is worth it, really. Hmm. What got you out of because you so you moved to L.A. and you started doing fitness kind of right away. So what got you out of that industry? When I was doing when I was personal training, I think and, you know, you can attest to this without like going into detail like that point in my life. I just I was having a really difficult time in my personal life. I think that it really interfered with me being an entrepreneur and having my own business. That coupled with, you know, the age, the maturity. Um, I just don't think I was at a place in my life where I was ready to completely be my own boss the way I, you know, the way that that position required me to. And, you know, I was having a lot of personal struggles in my life that just made it very difficult for me to kind of believe in myself and keep moving forward. Um, so while I loved it and loved personal training and I really do feel like it was a genuine calling for me, I was struggling kind of financially with it. And it was just time for me to close that up in a box and, you know, move on to the next chapter, which was when I went to, uh, (laughs) when I went to go work for Southern. And you did sales and we'll get into that. Okay. So, and I just want to say, I actually can't attest to that time in your life because you still kicked my ass. You showed up all the time. You still like, (laughs) if someone were to have asked me with a gun to my head, like, Ooh, is Candace on the struggle bus? I would have been like, no, she's a bitch. She's like killing me with these workouts. I can't stand it, but I keep signing up for more. So I think you, I mean, I, yes, I totally honor when, when we're in our twenties, like we don't know what the we don't know anything. We, I, I barely know anything. In my thirties, like I, I mean, I hope I eventually start learning something, but yeah, I think that owning a business, particularly in an, an, in LA, which like fitness, I mean, everybody says acting is super competitive. Fitness in Los Angeles is <laughs> insanely competitive to try and yeah. just cobble together a boot camp. I mean, you, you and I forget your partner's name or the person that you were working with for a little while who was oh, lovely. Marlon. Marlon. He was absolutely yeah, lovely. The two of y'all trying to recruit people and you guys were these hot bodied, like super fun, super fit, like played good music. The fact that you guys didn't have 600 people, I was just like, I I couldn't, I mean, again, I just, I feel like that industry alone, and I'm certain it's probably competitive all over the world, but just in LA, Hot Body Central, where people care, as you've mentioned, so much about their looks, fitness is the, I mean, that's, you get a gym membership before you get an apartment. I mean, that is just what you do there. And also, you know, in, in Los Angeles with that industry too, everything comes in a nice, beautiful package, you know, and that's what LA people are always looking for. How beautiful is the package? How, you know, that's why Equinox is so ridiculously successful. It's, it's, about aligning yourself with the trendy, with the the elite, the pretty package. And that's not what we were offering. You know, we were offering some get down and get dirty, you know, boot camps and private training. And I loved it. I really did. I really, I'm so glad I, I that was a chapter in my life. And I had some incredible clients that had, you know, that really fostered some great relationships out of. And I, I really felt in my element when I was doing that work. I really did. But some of my 
personal struggles, like relationships that I was in and things like that at that point in my life. It was just too much for me to like balance. So it would have been too much for anyone and to run a business in Los Angeles and the business taxes (laughs) and the licensing and the blah, 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 like all the hoops. And you guys had a physical space, which meant rent on the physical space, which meant property tax, which meant all. Anyway, we'll get into that. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. So um, you are now currently in Monterey holding your kitty baby. (laughs) And so get us up to speed to today. So you are study. you are on the precipice of getting your real estate license. That is the next chapter for you. And you are, do you think Monterey is going to be where you stay? I mean, who knows where I'm going to end up that, you know, long term down the road. It is my intention for sure, but I'm not so committed to staying here that I'm just staunchly not, you know, going to leave. But I think that this is this is definitely where I'm going to start. I think this is a great area. You know, the quality of life is really wonderful here. Uh, you know, beautiful outdoors. If I'm going to stay in California, I might as well stay here. You know, really. I mean, there's options to leave California, of course. But if, if I'm going to stay in California, you know, this isn't a bad place. Is cost of living cheaper there in general, just for non-California people? No, than, 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 than LA. LA. No, no. I mean, everything's, it's funny because, you know, even with rent and things like that, it's, Across the board, the same amount, you know, you're, you're looking at the same kind of rental uh, numbers, but I mean, you get so much more in LA, you get a better variety, you can go from the extremes of like, you know, some dumpy little shithole over on Gower for, you know, $1,800, or, you know, you might find something over in WeHo, like, for, you know, $2,200. That's really cute. And, you know, big, beautiful archways and, you know, something that's built like in the 40s. Here, it's, there's, there's no luxury apartments here. There's nothing new here. So it's either, you know, you're renting out a home for four grand, what, four grand and up, or you're renting some shitty old apartment that's literally has not been updated since the original like Fisherman's Wharf's time. So it's, uh, <laughs> and, and those places are going for $2,000 for a studio that doesn't even fit my king size bed in anywhere. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, Callie. And, and there's a lot less, you know, obviously to choose from. So yeah. Okay. Living with family. Hey, uh, you're talking to me in the basement of the house I grew up in with my mom. So I'm crushing it too. No, no judgment from this ivory tower, my friend. Okay. Well, we hope you enjoyed your abs, folks. We're going to move on to the entrees after a quick break. All right, we are back folks. And now it is time for the entrees. Now, Candace has had just a couple customer service jobs, like just a few. So we're going to get into it. Now, think of little baby Candace. And what was your very first job ever where the government was taking taxes out of your money? So like you can, people have said babysitting, paper routes, stuff like that. But do you, I know you started work early. Yeah, no, I remember where I worked. I worked at this, I can't remember the name of it, but it was this coffee shop in Sierra Madre. And I must have been maybe 14. I mean, that was like getting tax, taxes being taken out. I had done some other stuff. Like when I was really young, I used, used to go make donuts and walk door to door and <laughs> I'd knock on people's doors on the, in the, on the weekends and get them to buy my homie donuts. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a, okay. That's the entrepreneur in you. I was. I was always trying to hustle some money. That's a hustler spirit. Okay, so you worked at a coffee shop at 14. Were you a barista? No way. They would let you do that yep. at 14. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, girl. Are you kidding me? 
I'm fucking capable. I, I, I mean, I don't remember what they hired me for. Maybe it was to scoop ice cream. I don't remember, but <laughs> I was definitely, I was definitely a barista because I was like, I can do this. Excuse me. Okay, how do you work the machine? <laughs> All right, cool. I'm gonna show you how to do that foam better. Thank you. Now I'm gonna clean up the space. Thank you. I'm gonna ring it up, and make some tips. Okay. <laughs> See, that's very on brand. Yeah. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> <laughs> Totally okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so I was working in some coffee shop. That was my very first job. Okay. Did you like that job? I guess. I, I don't really. I don't really <laughs> remember. When I was fourteen. Okay. I don't remember how I exited. I could have gotten fired. Probably not. Because I I think I remember the very first job I got fired from. I was probably like twenty two. Okay, we're gonna it get was there. A restaurant. Okay, twenty two restaurant fire. We'll go back to that. Hold on. How many customer service jobs have you had? And feel free to count these. Oh, wow. Um, through like my teens, probably I worked at like a like a local Rite Aids called mm-hmm. um, Junts over in La Cunada. worked at Reflections Restaurant as a hostess, worked at that coffee shop. And then when I left L.A. and came up here at 18, all I did was work was hospitality. I did. Oh, I worked at like a warehouse records for a second and did a lot of hospitality stuff, worked for a, a private all girls school up here and worked for their catering department. So did that work, you know, serviced a bunch of very affluent, young Catholic school girls that had gourmet lunch provided for them. That was that was real interesting. Those girls actually weren't as bad as you think they were. I've worked at Embassy Suites doing banquets. I worked at Fisherman's Wharf. Worked for one guy here on the peninsula who owned like, who would, you know, open different concepts and, you know, move on to the next one to the next one. So I worked for like three of his restaurants here. Worked at this pl- this little gift shop down in Big Sur called The Heartbeat where we sold, you know, these like really large phallic crystals and um, <laughs> I loved it loved it I bet you did and homemade jewelry and soap she's the hottest hippie you're ever you'll ever meet folks she's like a patchouli burning like you'd see her and you'd be like no way that bitch is a hippie and then she starts talking you're like oh she has crystals she's that girl <laughs> I've written down 15 oh I would God. say personal training is customer service in my opinion oh for sure yeah oh god and then then I work at a couple restaurants Worked at some spot over in um, Studio City. Sold jewelry. Worked at Sunset Tan. Oh, I forgot about Sunset oh, Tan. Yeah. Oh, I got to write that down. Yeah. I want to know everything. Worked for like a high-end jeweler at the uh, at the mall over there in fucking Sherman Oaks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, <hated that> job. <laughs> I worked at Crunch Fitness for a short period of time. That's actually where I even started learning. Like that's where I my whole love of working out started. I dated a trainer for a few months and he started training me and he was like, damn, you're a natural. So that's where it all started there. Yeah. And then I worked in, uh, gosh, worked for Southern Wine and Spirits for six years. And then now you're at a restaurant, which shall not be named because we're just we're just going to be safe and not talk. We're going to talk about it. Okay, so that is 5, 10, 15, 23, 20. That's 24. I'm rounding you off at 24. Mm -hmm. Probably. I mean, maybe a couple more in there, but but just based off of the ones that you said. Okay. So of the 24 we just talked about, which one was your favorite? Gosh, I, I, I'd probably have to say, I mean, favorite is kind of a weird way of putting it. I can say like where I had the most fun. Okay. Sure. That was when I worked uh, at Bahama Billy's over here in Carmel. That was one of three restaurants that I worked at for the same owner. Uh-huh. So 
you know, the crew had been together for quite some time, you know, because we had like opened one restaurant for him and worked for that for a few years. And then we'd close that one down and then move to a new location, open a new concept. And, you know, so it was very, you know, we had been working with this guy for a long time. And some of our staff, we had, you know, gone through several iterations of different restaurants and opened them. And, you know, we had like keys to the place. I mean, girl i'll bet <laughs> why anybody would give me the key to their <laughs> in my in my mid-20s I don't know. <laughs> okay so you had the most fun there i bet y'all had a couple parties yeah. there too okay oh yeah 2 a.m kitchen parties of course and, yeah yeah that's what you do <laughs> it's restaurant life baby fire up the grill hell yeah <laughs> the be- sundays the best fries and the best disgusting ice cream you're ever gonna have in your life is at 3 a.m at a restaurant that shouldn't that should have none of us in it that's that's <laughs> deep inside baseball for anybody who has not worked at a restaurant okay <laughs> what was your least favorite or least fun of that of all those jobs uh well that's it's probably really neck and neck between the high-end jewelry spot okay uh, who I loved my boss. I really did. He was a great guy. But fuck, man, working in a mall, just working in a mall. It's depressing. I mean, that is enough to just make you want to just put it, you know, take yourself <laughs> out. It, it was just, you know, I would wear like $30,000, you know, necklaces. You know, it was amazing. I got to like make believe all day long. But man, the people that I worked with, oh, they were awful. They were awful. They were just you know, I worked with, some people may not like that I'm going to, you know, make this classification, but, you know, I was the only, you know, American white girl. And I worked with, you know, Persians, Armenians, um, Israeli, and they were all women. They had all been in the jewelry industry for years and years and years. And they'd all come up through like the low end, like you'd have to like start off at like Macy's and work your way through their jewelry department before you could like go and work for like this high end private uh, designer. And he took, he scouted, he scouted me out of a restaurant. So they fucking hated me. I bet. I bet they (laughs) They did. (laughs) They swore we were having like an affair and it was just, you know, you know, I, I just, I, I got a lot of special treatment because he, you know, I was young and he was just like, yeah, I'm sure that part of it was that he thought I was attractive, but he, you know, he just believed he's like, you know, you're tenacious. I love your energy. You know, I, I think you could sell anything, you know, why don't you come work for me and, you know, see how you like it. I did that for about, I don't know, two and a half years. Ooh, and you um, hated it the whole time? I, mostly I stayed out of, out of, you know, um, you know, dedication to him, you know, because he had really gone out on a limb and wanted to give me an opportunity to do something and took a lot of flack from his other, you know, all of his other employees about it. So, yeah, I just I, I stuck it out. I'm I, I'm really loyal, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, that's why I stay at places and in relationships longer than I should. <laughs> hey, girl, we we, we sniff yeah. out our own girl. I know. I feel you. OK, yeah. you said that was neck and neck with something else. What was the other job that was awful? Southern. Ooh, okay. Now, can you get into but it? Can I don't want to get... Don't get me wrong. Southern was a great job. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, talk about a fucking party bus of a job. A uh, lot of fun. Uh, great experience in a lot of ways. It's such an interesting job that you... I mean, who, who else gets to... You know, you, you work inside restaurants and hotels and bars and, you know, my territory was Beverly Hills, West Hollywood. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You meet a lot of really great people, really demanding work, a lot of money there. But, you know, it's it's alcohol sales. So uh, it's 
it's a really competitive uh, industry and it's kind of a, it's a lifestyle. It's a very all encompassing lifestyle and the lifestyle is what became difficult for me to, to manage. Well, I mean, I remember one time you and I went out in West Hollywood and we like, we had just been hanging out for the day. I think you were like, we were putting stuff up in your apartment. And I remember you flipped into this like business mode because we were going out, we were going to go dancing in West Hollywood and you were like, cool, I know some spots, no problem. And you like got us in no problem. And then you were like, okay, cool. I got to go. So you had to go shake hands with a whole lot of people. And then we, (laughs) I remember like the bartender would like hook it up, but then you were like, cool. Now I have to go tip him a hundred dollars. And I was like, what? And you were like, no, 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 I got it. Like, don't worry about it. And it was it was like you were having fun, but you were definitely working the whole time. And I was just like, yeah. this is chaos. Cause then anytime anyone came in that you knew, I mean, it was a super fun night, but every time anyone came in, you'd have to be like, Oh, Hey. And it was just like, you flipped into business mode. And I was like, Oh, this is hard when you make the like party atmosphere also yeah. business to have to be in two brains. Yeah. Cause they need to see you having fun. They need to be like, Oh, that's that fun girl that we really have all the fun with. But also you're trying to like close deals. And I was like, oh, no, ma'am. Like, this is no, thank you. <laughs> like, this is yeah, hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was it, like I said, it, it was just such an all encompassing, you know, it, it just wove through every part of your life, especially especially there in Los Angeles, you know, because all the all the trendy, you know, all the trendy restaurants were my accounts, you know, yeah. all the all the, the new spots were my accounts. So part of my job, you know, part of how I did business with them was to to show up, you know, go in there, spend money. You know, it was like I do for you, you do for me. And it was just it very kind of incestuous. And it, it's just when you're going out to restaurants and bars all day, all night, every day for work. One, you, you just you, you don't even enjoy it anymore because no. you're you're on the whole time. It's you're there's no you're not getting taken care of, even though you are getting taken care of. But it's because you're working mm-hmm. that you're getting taken care of. It, it's it's very bizarre, very bizarre. So um, well, that's. But, no one would ever understand like when I was working at the comedy club on my nights off I love to go dancing you know this we've gone dancing like I love to go out and go dancing but on my nights off I was like if I have to see a human being in a nightclub setting I'm gonna actually put my hands on someone that doesn't deserve it because I can't when you're like sucked into that environment for work, it's really hard to then find the pleasure piece of it, even when you're not on the clock, because you're paying attention to everything. You're like, oh, that security guards, this, that, bat, bat, bat. Like you're clocking everything yeah. because you have to for work. And that turning that part of your brain off is really tough. So I could see that ruining it. And constantly angling. Yes. You know, and I hated that part about that business. You know, I just every every move I was making was to angle myself and to be in a position to either ask for something or get something out of it. And, you know, it really does. It takes, it takes the joy out of it. And, you know, it took the, you know, the genuineness out of even people that I really did like, it was just always about work and it was always on. And it was either, they were always asking me for something or I was always asking them for something and it was everywhere I went. So cool experience though. Um, It's, a very interesting niche job that, you know, not a lot of people can even conceptualize that as being work. So I had a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun, but it was, uh, I, I ran through, the, I, I was ready to step out and to, to do something else. I couldn't, couldn't maintain it. I wouldn't have been able to either. Well, what's the, okay. Well, what's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst you were on the clock at any of these jobs 
or some weird things you've been asked to do? Because I'm sure you have more than one story. Oh, gosh. I, I'm i like drawing a blank right now. It's okay. Um, I'll have to think about that okay, one a little we'll come bit back. Okay. To, to actually come up with something entertaining. <laughs> okay. What's an incident that made a customer ask or, or I guess client, whomever, because I don't know in the jewelry industry what they're called, probably not customers, but what's an incident that made them ask to speak with your manager? trying to think if I ever actually like really got in trouble like that or someone like wanted to go you hot bitch I can't deal with you that's right you probably didn't they were like okay she's just smiling and it's fine (laughs) okay oh I mean don't get me wrong I've gotten in plenty of trouble with like you know my superiors at work but it was for like personal conflict or personal attitudes you know directed towards my bosses not towards customers really you know I've that's actually a good thing. I feel like I was always, I feel like I was the one who was always like putting out fires. Mm. You know, it's funny because I know you, you know, knowing me, you would think, oh, hell no. Candace would probably unload, Pop off. you know, multiple <laughs> times. But I'm actually really good at like, you know, I, I really, when it comes to being in that role of customer service, I, God, I'm, I'm surprised to even say this, but I, I really feel like I'm really good at extinguishing it myself. And I, you would think that I would really bark back at people. But in that position, I usually don't. I usually find a way to like either swallow my pride, which is probably the only time I'm able to do it. Really, <laughs> really. And I'm trying to think, you know, like I've never been one of those people that like goes back and like spits in anyone's food. Yeah. Thought about it. Yeah, same. But I don't get pleasure out of that. Like, I mean, I'll drop your, I'll drop your spoon on the ground and pick it back up. And yeah, <laughs> bring it out. To you. I'll be queen petty but, too, but I won't be queen like <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly like. I've just gotten in trouble with direct superiors or direct bosses for having an attitude towards them, but never like really not with my customers. I'm always like, it's all right, it's all right, or it's all right. You know we. What can we do to make this all right? You, you good? You good? You calm down. <laughs> I'm pretty good at like making, like squashing it. Really. What's um? What's something that would make you get mad at a superior, or would not even mad, but what would make you feel like you need to address something with a superior? Well, the reason why I've gotten in trouble with like bosses is because I'm not very good at addressing things. It uh-huh. just kind of comes right out at me. You know, the mm-hmm. attitude. I just I can't even like hold it back, and it's usually. You know, when I'm being under put under a lot of pressure to do something that I know just is just not right. It's just not the right thing to do. And they're asking you to either do something illegal, which, you know, I've definitely been asked to do that plenty of times um, with a certain job that I had. And then, you know, putting you in such a tight constraint and putting so much pressure on you that you literally feel like you're going to break Hmm. and then criticizing you on top of it. Are you able to, without getting too specific, and we can skip this if you can't, are you able to give a vague acknowledgement of what those illegal, uh, an example of something illegal you, no? Okay, we'll skip it. Uh, I shouldn't. No, that's totally fine. What was the last straw that has gotten you out of any of these jobs? Was there a moment when you were like, I'm going to burn it down so I have to quit? Or was it mostly like, ah, it's just time for me to move on? I don't know. I mean, I I get real hot in the moment, but I usually like with a cool off period, you know, I can usually like calm myself down or soothe myself or fix it or, you know, catch back up to like whatever it is that I'm doing. I've left jobs before for sure. The burn it down. <laughs> I've thought about it for sure. I don't know. You know, with that instance, it goes back to that to that job again that like I probably don't want to go into. Yeah, yeah like, okay. Have you ever told a customer to fuck off? Not, I don't think I've used the words fuck off. 
but you know, there's there's a way to like demean people and you know make them feel little and stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where they just fuck off. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Because they feel dumb. Fuck off. Yeah. I used to I used to get a lot of difficult people when I was uh, working at Sunset Tans for sure. Why at Sunset Tans? I don't think most people who are outside of LA know why that's an iconic location, and I think you should get into it. <laughs> You know, you just get people coming in there. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I used to have this one lady that would come in. Say we close at like 9 p.m. You know, we're taking our last town at 8.50 so people can come in. And, you know, all the customers know this. They know that's just like the standard. There was this one woman, and I don't know what her deal was. I think it was just probably because she did drink a lot. Mm. um, That she would, she'd always call like 8.58. Like, I'm on my way in right now. I want to tan in bed for and, you know, you'd be like, this fucking, oh, my God. <laughs> and then she'd show up reeking of booze. Mm. I mean, and I I think that's why she always came in so late. I think she was just at home trying to pound, like, out her last few glasses of oh, wine and, you know, you know, get her, like, ultimate buzz on before she'd, like, go and jump in the Drive bed, you know, to get to the sunsets. Yeah, that's. And she would just put it off and then she'd roll in, you know, sure enough, you know, just coming in all messy, just disheveled, yeah. reeking like booze, go in there. And then she'd like pop into the bathroom for, you know, like 10 minutes before she'd even get into her bed. And you'd be sitting there knocking on her door. Let's go. Come on. You know, the you know, and I'd always use the, the excuse, oh, well, the bed's automatically shut off at 9.15. Nice. So you got to hurry up. And get, nice. You got to hurry up and get in there. Yeah. They're going to shut off in the middle of your tan and you know, just stupid shit like that. You know, people who it's all about them, you know, it's all about them. It's all about what they want. You know, and it's interesting because I've, I've heard some of your questions before about, you know, why is it that since so many of us have worked in hospitality that you would think that we would be more caring, more understanding when we're, you know, on the other side of it, but you know, we, we, they, or we cannot tend to be, I can say for me on, personal perspective uh i think i tend to be a little bit more critical of come on what the fuck like can you you know (laughs) this isn't rocket science work here you know i get the pressures and i know that sometimes like you there's stuff going on behind the scenes that you don't see that you don't that you're not aware of as as a patron sitting at a table but you know some people just it, it chaps my fucking hide. I'm like, you're <laughs> even on your best day on a fucking 10 plus when everything is going your way, you still will not give good service. It's just not in you. You don't know. You don't know how to give hospitality. You don't know how to like take care of people yet. You still are expecting a tip, a certain, you, you have an expectation mm-hmm. of a gratuity that I get those gratuities, but I fucking bust my ass and I work. I'm like, I'm hustling to get that money. And then here comes, you know, Derek, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You just saw a face when you said that. (laughs) And I see a lot of it up here. You know, you got a lot of these like hippies, you know, like just shove. They're just their hygiene's not there. You know, they've got like dirty shirts on and bringing you a check without a pen because they've been fucking blowing so much weed before they went to work. And you're just like. Come on, man. So for me, 
I, you know, I, I won't complain to, I won't complain outwardly, but I will sure as hell talk a lot of shit at the table to whoever <laughs> I'm with. <laughs> They're about to get an earful of Candace's criticisms of Derek. And then they're still going to get an 18% tip. Of course, girl. Because, like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like working myself up the whole way. I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to tip him. I'm going to give him like 10%, uh, whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm like, okay, look, I'm not going to quite give you like 20%, but I'm not going to give you 15%. <laughs> Damn it. Just be, just because I can't be an asshole. <laughs> I want to go back for just a second. The because Sunset Tans, wasn't that the location that had the the TV show built around it? Oh yeah. Okay, were you there when the the show was shooting? Yes. Are you able to talk about any of that? I mean, yeah, but there's there's not a lot for me. One, it was obviously all fake. Sure. Obviously, Holly and Molly, those fucking those girls that were like the the two main characters that were supposedly you know who were like the main stars now don't get me wrong like there were other cast members that were legit workers for for sunset tans and sometimes you know what what was portrayed wasn't really too far off from real life of like what it could be like interpersonal interactions with these people mm-hmm. and then the owners I, i've heard Jeff stories Devin, that yeah. they were they were they were something special. Well, it's since closed down, right? So there's not like a yeah, yeah. Okay, it was like Ed Hardy yeah. and you know big chunky belt buckles and the boots with the long you know pointy boots and you know growth hormone airbrush tans. It was it, it was even so, though the show was so ridiculous and so blown out of proportion, it really wasn't that. It really wasn't that different from like some of the real life nonsense that was really that some of these people were really living. Yeah. That's a really specific, I just, I didn't ever really watch the show, but I just remember like I wasn't living in LA yet. And I just remember it was kind of in that era where reality shows were, you know, starting to pop off and it was this like, Oh, that must, it's just must be quintessential Los Angeles. And then you move to LA and you're like, Oh, absolutely not like it's a tiny location it's like there was one at the time i know they've they expanded and then shut down but like i don't know it was uh, i just found i find all of that so interesting it was kind of like being like you know like that when you're when you're at a at a club and it shuts down the lights come on and you know the 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 (laughs) curtain's been pulled back (laughs) yep okay have you ever had to fire a client that you were that was working out with you fire a client Oh gosh. Oh, oh, I've got to, oh, well, okay. Definitely we can't use her name, but so this was a client that I had taken, that I had gotten from the, the tanning salon and I, she was a private airbrush client. And I did also, I, I, I attempted to train her, but my gosh, I mean, when we talk about the most vapid, self-consumed, I've never met anyone quite like this before. Never in my life. I had been airbrushing her privately for, I don't know, going on like three years. Now, granted, you know, I don't, I'd see her maybe once a month, once every couple months, but this was an ongoing, you know, relationship that I had known her for quite some time. And I tell you, I, I cannot remember ever one time her ever, ever asking me, how are you? It was always, she would come in and, you know, she was this really, she was a 
wannabe, you know, prominent, like social, like, you know, person. She was a, a jewelry designer for, in her own right. She did really beautiful designs. And, um, you know, she was from New York, came from like, you know, money, kind of like a trust fund kid and but was in LA and just trying to run with the in crowd and be at the Soho house. And, you know, every time she'd come in, I was like, oh, so, you know, what are, what are we getting airbrushed for? And she'd always be like, I'm going to a gala. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of galas. 12? I mean, my God. <laughs> it really was. It was like every time it was a gala. And <laughs> she just you know, wanted to use that she word. She was always so strange. She would always be really weird about me, you know, airbrushing her. Like she wouldn't just stand there and let me airbrush her because she was so self conscious. Conscious. Oh, bless her. And she was totally normal. Like, she was normal. You know, like, there, there was nothing really, like, wrong with, you know, there was no reason for her to be so self-conscious. But, you know, living in L.A., you know, it does yeah. things to women's heads if you are not, you know, a Barbie doll. And she wasn't. But, you know, she just was a normal, you know, normal woman, pretty, really attractive, successful. Three years of airbrushing her. She never, ever, ever once asked me how I was. She would show up 30, 40 minutes late sometimes to her appointments. It was just, it was insane. You know, you're yeah. at my disposal. Yeah. Did you eventually fire her? I fired her as a, as a personal training client for sure. That I, 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 I couldn't, that was like where I drew the line with her because she wanted um, like a therapy session mm -hmm. and she wanted, she wanted me to, you know, do Pilates with her. And I was like, yeah, I have the wrong yeah. trainer for you. You know, we're going to do, you know, I try to modify everything down. I remember, yeah, I, I had to ditch her from that. And then eventually, you know, when she would just be asking for her airbrushes, I was just like, I closed up shop. It's done. I'm not doing this anymore. I mean, she's called me even since I've been up here. Damn. And I mean, this is, we're talking like seven years later, calling me, Candace. Oh my God. It's blah, 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 blah. How are you? So anyways, I have this event that I'm going to and I just, oh, you're not doing that anymore. Oh gosh, that's terrible. Like, do you know anyone I, you could refer me to? And I'm like, girl, I don't even fucking live in the area anymore. She could never get out of her, out of her own needs and wants. It was just always about her. No awareness to this woman whatsoever. It, it blew my mind. That's, that's a special kind of insecure. Uh, and you said that there, I, you had mentioned that you maybe thought of two. Was there another client that you fired? Yeah, it was another airbrush client, another, another another one of my private airbrush clients. Every time I'd come over, you know, and she'd always want an airbrush at like 11 p.m. at night. And this was when I was still uh, private, you know, training. So at I was like, 5 oh, I don't, I can't do these. I can't do these. She's like, I know, I know, but I'm just, you know, I, I, I really needed to be at this time. And, you know, it, it just for, she just would have. Every ridiculous excuse. Oh my God, the kids need to be asleep or, oh, I just came out of my yoga session. And it was just always, you know, whatever catered to her. But, you know, I charged her an arm and a leg for it. So that's how I justified it. Because, you know, for me, it's always about like, you know, it's always hard for me to say no to money. You know, mm -hmm. I'm always like, there's, there's a means to an end. You know, it was always, oh gosh, you know, when I got this streak, you know, I don't know what happened. I was like, well, did you wash your hands or anything? Like, did you get into anything? No, no, no. I, I know I always follow your rules, you know, perfectly. And I just finally, you know, after a while, it's just like, it doesn't matter how much money someone's, someone's going to, you know, offer you. You just have to start saying no to it. It's just, 
I'm not offering the services anymore. I never have like told someone to fuck off, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm canceling you. I'm firing you. Cause I just, I don't believe in that at the same time. Everything's too much of a uh, word of mouth or you just, you never know who knows somebody else. Well, especially in these ultra competitive, like beauty, fitness. I mean, these are all ultra competitive in LA. And like I said, you know, I'm always, I, I, I never, I always try to like never absolutely burn it, burn yeah. down a bridge. Don't leave the ashes behind you. How many bodily fluids have been on your person whilst you were on the clock? I mean, people puked in your classes more than once. I was there for those and I mess up and that's it. <laughs> so I imagine Gosh, some- I mean, you name it. I mean, I'm, I'm when you're in a service, you know, and you're picking up people's plates and stuff. I'm always thinking about like how disgusting it is, you know, and it's only so many times you can wash your hands that's in a right. shift. That's right. And you'll forget so and touch your eye. <laughs> I'm grabbing this dude's plate and it, I'm getting my, there's food on and I'm wiping it off, but I'm going to come back and then I'm going to go to another table. I'm going to grab your stuff. Too. <laughs> I'm going to bring you a bread napkin. I'm going to bring <laughs> you a glass of wine. I do my best, but man, it's, you know, you try. I, I, I told my sister, I was like, girl, I'm going to let you know. I was like, restaurants are disgusting, dirty places. That's right. I don't care how nice it is. Mm-hmm. It's all an illusion. Yep. It's all, it's, it's all an illusion. Cause as soon as you round the corner into the server station, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's just fucking pandemonia back there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there, there'll be a, a dishcloth back there that, you know, we used to like wipe down bread plates before we take them out to the table. But best believe somebody else is wiped up, you know, God knows what. It's fallen on the floor. People have stepped on it. They don't give a shit. They just pick it right back up, throw it on there. You know, let's polish off that white wine glass, get it all around. The, and it's, it's insane <laughs> to me. It's insane yeah. to me. You know, me and the dishwasher the other night, we're like running around and he knocks over this thing of, of uh, spoons, you know, and they're all in the racks you know, of our like dessert spoons. And I'm like, oh, well, let me help you. Get, let me, let me help you get that up. So we're picking them all back up and we're putting them back in the racks, you know, to go into the dishwasher. And this is in the dishwashing station. This is where like all the worst traffic is, where the food and everything's being spilled, fluids, wines, beers, you name it. He fucking put them all back in and he just, boom, no. right back on top of, yes, right back on top of like the cleaning <laughs> stuff. I was just like, you know what? He looks like he is about to fucking blow a gasket. I'm, I'm just like, I'm gonna stay out of this. I'm gonna stay. Out this is not, my, this is not the hill I, I die on. Pick him up. <laughs> yep. I know that for it, at the very least, they're probably gonna get buffed down at least once with a wet rag before they hit the table. So that's all. It's <laughs> as good as it gets. I can promise you, people. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, gross. And she's like, really? All restaurants are like that? I'm like, yes. And she's like, names this place in Pebble Beach that we love to go to. She's like, what about them? And I was like, yes, girl. So I was like, I'm just letting you know. And that's why I honestly, I don't go out. I I think when I sit there and I look at like how much money people spend, Mm -hmm. it's unreal. And then when I see like, you know, someone comes out and it's just, you know, a table of two, their bill is like 180 bucks. And I was like, and you know, you got to leave me like 30 bucks on top of that just for doing this for you. (laughs) Minimum 30, girl. That should be 36. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know and I'm like, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna make myself a salad and a turkey burger when I get home. I don't know about you fools, but I'm not doing all that. I'm gonna take my money, I'm gonna count it, I'll stash it up. That's right. Me. Well, you've already sort of answered this, but do you tip? I do. What's your sure. what's your average? But my average is twenty percent. If I if you've given me really shitty service and I'm like mad about it, you get fifteen. 
I just cannot not sir. I cannot tip someone because I, I get it. I'm like, you know what? Don't be petty. It's probably something else going on. And even if it is, even if there isn't, it's just customary. Just fucking give them, give them their tip and just move on with it. Because not getting, because I've honestly never had service that deserved to not be left anything. I mean, you got to like tell me to fuck off. <laughs> Is that the line <laughs> where you would be like, nope, That's zero? That's the line for me pretty much. <laughs> okay. I think so. <laughs> when you've waited tables, have you ever been stiffed? Yeah. In all of my years of waiting tables, I mean, I think it's probably happened like maybe three times. Maybe. Damn. Maybe. But, I would, you know, I mean, I, I feel stiffed when I get 15%. That's what so many people say on this <laughs> podcast. Y'all should work at a comedy club. I mean, you can get stiff 15 times in a night. There was one time I got stiffed 17 checks in a row. I counted because I was so, I was just like, and I did the math and I was like, cool, cool, cool. It cost me money to work the shift and it was miserable, miserable. Yeah, I could have never worked where you worked at because Girl. I know what clientele came in there. Girl. I a hell fucking no girl uh-huh no nope. i'll go fucking work at starbucks first well that's why when you and your sister yeah. came in and i was like oh i'm hooking this up they're nice <laughs> like i love her no y'all sit wherever y'all want you get in right now because like you knew the trash we had to deal with so yeah you guys were, yeah, that, you were queens there <laughs> that was that was that would have been a very rough place to work yeah, yeah. I, can, I i i already know were you ever fired from a customer service job you mentioned i wrote it down yep. you mentioned being fired. okay tell us tell us oh some bullshit <laughs> i kept showing up late <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> yeah candace colton late <laughs> <laughs> and i remember i was probably like 22 or something like that it happens and so you know it was like my fifth time in like two weeks or whatever showing up late and he's like all right you know come back into the office and it was two two male managers and one was like you know regular size and the other one was like six six you know he's just this really tall dude and he takes us takes me back into this office that's super tiny so it's all three of us like crammed into this fucking office and you know he was just like we've we've gone over this with you like so many times and you know i'm just really we're at a loss you know where you you know, you're great, but like, we're, we're going to have to let you go because it's clear that like, you really like, you just don't care. <laughs> you really just don't care. You're like, you're right. I don't. And of course, <laughs> of course I got all upset Aww. and all flustered. And I know, I know I was so mad at myself because I cried. You were 22. And of course you cried. I, I, I cried and without telling them to fuck off, I told them to fuck off. I was like, you know what? You're, you guys are kind of, you know, you're overreacting. I was like, and you know what? And this is a bully move in here. I'm like, you took me to this small little office and you're all tall and I just got here and I rushed to get here and now you're going to fire me. I was like, whatever. I hate this stupid job. Goodbye. <laughs> you're all tall. I'm mad at your height. This is unfair. I think that was the only job I've ever been fired from. Mm. But I mean, trust me, I have skated getting, I have skated right on the line of getting fired many, 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 many times. I'm not an idiot. You know, I'm not incompetent. So I'm like, go ahead. You know, you, you got to put up with the bullshit because you know, I'm still good. <laughs> <laughs> also, Candace, like I keep saying it because fuck you. <laughs> Looking the way you look also opens a lot of doors, you dirty bitch. Like, don't act like you have, you don't have a mirror. Like you're like, oh, you are going to tolerate some of this because I do bring in 
some folks. So, <laughs> okay. How, you can, know, I, I, I think it helps a little bit, but I think like being confident yes, about it yes. help, has helped me even more, more because yes. I will always say this, like, dude, trust me, what is one dude's 10 is another dude's like four. You know what I mean? Yes. So, but I think it's always been my little cocky fucking attitude that was just sweet enough to keep them like, you know what? She's a fucking pain in the ass, but <laughs> she really is an asset. You work hard. Okay, we're just going to put up. We're going to, I do. Yeah. yeah, you do. You do. I do. You really I hard. really do work hard. I yeah. That's one thing that I'm really, really proud of. I've watched it mature over the years. I do pat myself on the back for that sometimes, you know, that perfectionism Yes, sometimes can drive me crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be a little overwhelming and sometimes it can like work to my detriment, but wanting to do things well and mm-hmm. do them right is something that I really take an immense amount of pride in because I've been, exp- this is may not be a popular, you may not like this, but I, I will tell you, and I've always felt this way. I have never worked with so many entitled people in my life as being in the hospitality industry. I'm like, look, dude, we make fucking money. Now I've worked at some places where you're walking with 60 bucks and you're like, fuck this place, man. It's not worth it. You know, you're working your ass off. But, you know, when you're at a place where you're going home with, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars in cash a night and you fucking won't polish you, you won't do your side work. You won't fucking buff the fucking wine glasses or clean up your station afterwards or just, you know, just do the bare minimum of what's required of the job. You know, it just drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where else are you going to make this money? That's right. You know, for this kind of work, this is, there's a reason why we do this. So don't be, you know, don't be so entitled. And yeah. so uh, it, it really chops my hide about some service people, you know, I've, I've never, I've never seen it. So I, I guess because maybe they've worked, uh, you know, maybe they've, they've only worked at like a really low paying like minimum wage job and then they get into hospitality and then they're like, whoa, I can make crazy money. So m- some of them, the work ethic comes with it. Mm-hmm. And then some, they just, they're just there to like, you know, take advantage of it. That's right. Can you give an example? Like a bartender. Okay. I swear to God, I'm like, take that fucking shitty attitude and go be a fucking bouncer somewhere instead of, make, you know, slowing up all the service here at, you know, at this place. Because your shitty attitude and your absolute zero, you know, where there's just, there is no urgency. That's what drives me crazy about some people in, in this work because it's, it's hard work and you've got to be on top of it. You've got to have, you got to be organized and you want to, you, you hope that you want to, depending on like what, what kind of place you work out for sure. But, you know, it, you want to give some sort of service quality, you know, some level of excellence. And um, there's just some people who are just, they're just not, they're not, they're just there to like collect the tips and talk shit in front of, you know, in front of customers and, you know, talk shit about being at work. And you're just like, oh my God, dude. Go fucking work at a go work a door somewhere. What's an example of the worst customer? Or do you have a worst customer you've interacted with? Or do you have just like a if you can't think of one example, do you have a general example or like an archetype of who would be an example of a bad customer? Uh sure. You know, just the the typical, you know, nothing is satisfactory, nothing is uh nothing's up to par. You know, some people just come in and you know, they just they're you are going to be their outlet for their shitty day. And <laughs> it doesn't matter 
how you try to accommodate, how all the questions you answer, you know, all the objections or, you know, if there's something that you're out of, you know, let me fix this for you. Let me offer you something else, something off menu. Oh, my favorite. Well, I'm gluten intolerant. Okay. Are you, are you, so you're, you know, is this an allergy or a preference? Cause that's something we like to ask and it's not to ask to be a smart ask. No, it it's cause you need to know. Yes. Cause we need to know. And yes. it's always, oh, well, it's an allergy. Okay, no problem. Perfect. I, I just want to clarify that this is an allergy for you. So, you know, the, the dish that you that your husband just ordered that you that you plan on sharing with him, you can't have that because there's gluten in that. Oh, well, I've I've had it before. And well, you know, I guess you must have a different recipe here for it. And I'm like, no, no, no. The, it's the same recipe at all of at all of the, the, the locations that you've traveled to. I promise you, but there is definitely gluten in there. But if you want to go ahead, I just want to let you know there's definitely gluten in that. There's gluten in the soup that's going to be coming out for you. And there is also definitely going to be in that dessert. Just letting you know. Because you've already made me go back to the kitchen four times asking them the same fucking question, asking me if, if they'll prepare your dish in a different way. If, if want to make sure that this isn't a part of it, that this is ingredients not in there. You know, it's just, if it's a preference, just say it's a fucking Just preference. say it. I I'm can't. still going to make sure it doesn't hit your table. Yes. Or your, yes. Or your plate. You know, I'm not going to try to sneak it in on you. Nobody's but trying to get you sick. My, you're making my life difficult. Yes. By making me jump through all these hoops just to watch you eat the fucking shit that you said you couldn't eat. Yes. Help me help you, but also don't <laughs> disrupt my relationship with the kitchen guys who already hate everybody because they hate everybody because that's just like a kitchen guy a preamble is like, <laughs> yeah. fuck everybody. So when I've gone back there 17 times, I got to wipe their ass, lick their ass to try and get you what you want. I get you what you want, but you want to argue with me? Don't lie to my face. I've had to say to people, because I'm someone who can't have gluten and I've gotten like, and it runs in my family and a lot of us get really sick for days like my and and it just it's so frustrating and I've asked that question too is it an allergy or a preference and and especially in LA or California specifically it'll be offended when you ask that yes and it's like but I need to know because if you actually can't have gluten you can't even eat the salad from the same cutting board that the knife pre like even three washes ago touched bread like for people who have a real allergy in that arena it's it's those it's that bitch at that table who fucks it up for those of us who actually can't have it because now you as the server you're like cool I lost 20 minutes with this particular dance that you wanted to make me do I'll never get these 20 minutes back and now every other table's pissed so you cost me money you cost me time and now the kitchen has a yet another reason to sit on my tickets longer because they're pissed at me too like (laughs) the nightmare I know I I wish people knew (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with you. Okay, well, now we're going to move on to the good stuff. We hope you all saved room for dessert. What's the nicest thing a customer or a client has done for you whilst you were working? You know, people never cease to amaze me with how kind they can be, really. I, they, I really, I I get a lot of generous people, a lot of people who are really grateful and, sh- and express a lot of gratitude just by acknowledging that you've been able to facilitate such a nice experience for them. And for me, I mean, yeah, if you want to leave me a hundred bucks on top of that, that's cool. That <laughs> really goes a long way. <laughs> that's a nice um, way to say thank you. 
<laughs> that's special but yeah you know I had one guy who you know my my boss Mike you know Mike like took me from the restaurant that I was working at and gave me a job you know like scouted me out from it you know I've had clients who or customers who have brought gifts back you know through a conversation that we've had I'm like oh yeah I really oh I love that brand of x y and z you know and it's like I've had literally like gifts show up but really you know for me the gold is really just being acknowledged because we work so hard and a lot of times without even a please or a thank you sometimes from people because they just seem to forget their manners when they're out, <laughs> um, you know, basic, basic manners. So, you know, just being acknowledged for being able to facilitate, uh, you know, a wonderful experience for them and having gratitude for the work that you do is I love that shit. I love being praised. <laughs> Hello. Who doesn't? Girl, we're making jackets for that club. Come on. What's the best tip you have ever personally gotten? Probably when I was bartending, I used to really like make some stupid money bartending sometimes because, you know, you've got people sitting there getting all fucking hammered with you. I can definitely remember. I mean, I've gotten like a $200 tip before. Damn, okay. Um, I just like a regular restaurant bar too, you know, not like a nightclub bar. I've had, you know, I've gotten really lucky. I've, I've, I've had a good amount of $100 tips that I can remember, you know, just like extra generous. Here's a hundred bucks. There you go, kid. That's awesome. What can you think How of? You? I'm trying to think, you know, I think a hundred bucks Rogan at the comedy store gives hundreds out a lot. Like he's really, he's insanely generous. And I feel like that's the best. A customer once through a hundred on top of a grat because his friend was being a nightmare and he just grabbed my arm and handed me a hundred and he was like, my friend's a dick. <laughs> I was like, see, just the, he didn't even actually have to hand me the hundred. Just the fact that he was acknowledging because I was swallowing it and I wasn't responding back to his friend. And so I, I was like, oh, just even that, exactly what you said. I wrote it down. Gold is being acknowledged. Like if you're just, if someone yeah. just says to you, hey, I see what's happening here. That's really, that's the best tip. You're so sweet to ask. You're the best. Okay. Um, can you give me an example of the best customer? You kind of did in the in the previous question with the, the nicest thing a customer has done for you. But can you give me like a top to bottom sort of experience? Or do you have a, a customer in mind that you're like, oh, Sarah or whatever was lovely? Dude, I had a customer last night. And, you know, I think we, the reason why I'm getting stumped on some of these questions, too, is because I haven't, you know, it's been... I'm thinking hospitality, you know, this kind of work. And this is kind of like newly like back in my life. But mm -hmm. um, I literally, I had these people last night come in, husband and wife sat down, super chill. And I work in a restaurant that has like panoramic glass, you know, windows and we're right on the water. If you're not literally like kissing the window, people are always like, oh, can I move to that table? I mean, like every fucking room in the goddamn restaurant has a fucking view, uh, like a, 360 view of the ocean like it doesn't get it there's no bad seats in the restaurants but they literally want to be able to see the rocks or else they're like complaining about it it's crazy so these people you know they were nowhere near you know the windows they were up on like kind of like the middle elevated floor sat down the bartender had already started them at the bar and brought them over and I as I was approaching the table I heard him the bartender talking to him saying hey so I'm gonna run to the store to go get that vermouth for you I don't even know. I, I really don't know what, what he was thinking. I was like, dude, just, I, I mean, that's nice, but like, can we really afford to have you fucking leave the restaurant? <laughs> You're the bartender, so. you psycho. Yeah. Like, what? There, there was one other person there, but still, I was like, it's vermouth. Like, it's, he can have another drink, you know? He, so the guy was like, 
all right, that's that's great, man. It's cool. Thank you so much. You know, so he takes off to go do what he's doing. I'm trying to get their table started. And he's like, you know what? We're just going to hang out. I'm going to wait till he comes back with my drink, you know, before we get going. I was like, no problem. Check on you later. You know, bartender shows up. I don't know, maybe 15 ish minutes later. Okay. All right. Whatever comes in. I approach the bar five minutes after he's been back. He's casually making other drinks and I'm like standing there. Yeah. I'm standing there and he's looking at me. He's like, what do you, what do you need? I was like, uh, dude's drink. And he's like, Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 I'm like, how did you forget? You just made a special fucking trip to go do this. Like, how did you forget this? So he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And I don't know if he was trying to help the other bartender catch up. It, it didn't seem that busy. But again, you know, maybe there was something going on that I wasn't aware of. So I come back another five minutes later. He is yet making other drinks. Candace. I kept looking at the table, waiting for him to make the drink and walk it over. So I'm like, I keep looking. The guy still doesn't have a fucking, still doesn't have a drink. Meanwhile, they've been sitting there for 30 minutes and I haven't even gotten that table started. I want to turn my table. This is not a your money. You know, we only have we only have like five table sections because we don't have any bussers right now because people aren't coming back to work. So we're this is a white tablecloth establishment. So there are lots of steps to, you know, service and everything like that. There's just a certain level of service that they expect. But because we're so short staffed, we don't have busters. I mean, we are bringing our own bread, our own water out, our own silverware out. We are busing. We are watering our tables. Like it's, I've never, I've honestly never serviced so much without having additional help. So anyways, so I'm looking and, you know, I, I keep waiting for him to go make the drink and take it over there. And I was just, I was so livid, you know, and, and I'm finally, I get the manager involved, me and the manager walk over there and he's like, oh, he's cool. He's cool. He knows, you know, he knows I had to go go to the store and get him, you know, a bottle. I was like, dude, you've been back for like fucking 15 minutes. Like, give me my drink already. So, you know, anyways, long story short, end up giving the guy back, you know, I get up there like 30 minutes later, give him the drink. Guy doesn't eat, is not flustered at all. He is chill. He, it's like, I, it's like he waited two minutes for his drink. Wow. You know, and then I go on with my service. I get them going. I feed them, you know, him and his wife. And he's obviously really enjoying his wife's company, which Aww. really does help. And, you know, they were just so lovely and so easy. And even though I was losing my mind and it was affecting all my other tables because I kept spending so much time trying to chase down this stupid drink, these people were just so Cadillac and so chill. And then, uh, you know, expressed all this gratitude towards me you know thank you so much we had such a lovely evening and the drink was great you know he even complimented the drink you know like never said anything about the dude taking forever to come back you know and it was just I I I just was just so thrilled to have them you know come in and like you know be able to wait on them and then yeah you know leaves me 30 bucks on you know like 100 it's just like thank you like Mm -hmm. thank you for being so easy and gracious. Mm, yeah, that's a great and example. Classy. Thank yeah, you. Classy. That's a great Thank word. You. Yes. Keep being classy. Yeah. <laughs> Keep things classy. Come on. Uh, what's the best lesson that you personally have learned from working in all these customer service jobs? Honestly, you know, <laughs> that it ain't that serious. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it really is not that fucking serious. And I. You know, I've learned a lot about myself through working this kind of this industry. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm definitely a perfectionist. Uh, I work really hard and like, I love those attributes, but sometimes they can be a little, you know, a little much, you know, I got to reel it in sometimes because it's really not that serious. And I love it. The, the guy who was training me at this new place that I'm at, it, it does not matter if he is in the weeds or if, 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 if he only has one table, he's got one Cadillac speed and it's not slow but it ain't, he ain't hustling. He is just like, I'm, I'm going to get there. And he just doesn't, he just does it. Like his RPMs do not get rattled. And wow. I really, I, I admire that. Yeah, me too. Because when I, <laughs> you know, when I'm flustered, Same. you know, when I'm like, yeah. get the fuck out of my way, dude, I'm going to push you off this computer. I got shit to do. I don't want to hear your little yap yap. I don't want to hear your stupid ass joke. I don't want to hear you talk about table four. Get out of my way. I'm trying to do business. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm like, hey, you good? You need anything? I'm, I'm, I'm all caught up. Everyone good? <laughs> what can I do for you? <laughs> Who needs a hug? I'm okay now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that serious. Okay. It really isn't. And it's a good lesson. It's, I feel like I'm really at a point in my life where I'm really able to look at myself so much in all of the ways that, like, I go through life. And mm-hmm. I don't, you know, so going back into hospitality right now, I see a lot of the things where I'm like, oh, that's... <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting that that's your, uh, that's how you deal with things, you mm-hmm. know? So it's, I guess that's kind of a gift too. I'm saying, you know, it really isn't that serious. It, it really isn't in the grand scheme of stuff, you know, oh, it's well. not, take pride in what you do and do it well, but calm down. It ain't that serious. Mm-hmm. What's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? Imagine, imagine this is your kid working here. Cause I've heard, you know, I've heard people talk, uh, you know, I've, they're like, oh, you know, my kids, you know, they're they're in college right now and they're they're doing, you know, they're they're waiting tables or, you know, they're bartending. And it's given me such an appreciation for what you guys do because we come home, they come home and they tell us these stories about being at work. And she's like, oh my God, you know, we feel so bad. Now we know, you know, what not to do and what not to ask for. And, you know, these are things that I was clueless to before. So yeah, you know, I, I think try to imagine, you know, trying to imagine someone you love doing this work doing this work i'm writing that down amazing even better yet you know what here motherfucker why don't you go take on these next two <laughs> tables and see how well you do <laughs> now that's the candace <laughs> i know there she is <laughs> candace how can yeah. people get in touch with you how can they get uh you know are, you're not personal training anymore but you're going to be doing real estate so like what's the best i mean i know you're on linkedin and that's i'll i'll give that info but What's the, you know, if, if people are in Monterey, they could come, I don't know. How, how do people get in touch with you? I'm making this more complex than it needs to be. I, I mean, I wish I had something with my real estate going on right now, but I don't. So okay. I, I wish I had like something to check the show notes after this for ways that you can get in touch with Candace. She might just sell you your future home, y'all. So look for her information there. And folks, we are going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, we'd love to have you re- subscribe, rate or review the show wherever you listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here directly at service from hell send us your receipts at service from hell podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you if you want all our bonus content you can find that over at patreon at patreon.com forward slash the kate gaffney we got a bunch of stuff there where you can see my face remember if you can't afford to tip you can't afford to go out so don't be garbage and be good to people it's easier that way 
Thanks for being on, Candice. This was lovely. I'm not at all surprised. Appreciate all your gems and your pearls. I wasn't prepared, so I wasn't like... This was totally my fault. I fucked up the scheduling. I reached out to you maybe three (laughs) hours before we were supposed to do this and was like, oh, fuck, that was today. God damn it. The problem, I was telling a friend this, the problem with right now in history and life is that there's 62 ways to get in touch with someone. And because there's 62 ways to get in touch with someone, I forget which way I've confirmed people. And then I realized I was like, Oh my God, it's Wednesday. I was like, Oh my God. And then I was like, fuck it was on Instagram. And then I was like, please don't be this week. Please don't be this week. And I look and I was like, you dumb fuck. Like you should have reached out to her on Monday anyway. So this was all my fault and you were lovely and there's no reason to there's, you were great. Thank you for listening. Good night.